Attic mobile app. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And hey, I'm Dr. Lisa. I give a shit. I give a shit about all those people in Puerto Rico. I had a chat today with somebody from Puerto Rico about their relatives and I'm really hoping that gets taken care of pretty soon. Uh, a lot of those people don't want to leave, understandably. So we're all concerned. I want to put that out there. I want to get that off my chest. But mostly uh, what I really want to tell you right at this moment, uh, besides the great guest I have on today, Noah Becker, I am competing tonight, tonight, for uh, the Miss, to be the next Miss Subways. Is that crazy or what? If you go to my Facebook page, you can see me being interviewed on New York One about it. And uh, I'm going to fucking kick ass. And you know why? Because I'm old. That's my that's my platform. I'm the I think it's time to head a postmenopausal woman as Miss Subways. And uh, this is my time. And uh, I think that you should like. I think you guys should stand out there. Everyone who's listening, make yourself a, a sign and get out there, okay? Work with me on this. So uh, th- we have a great guest on today, Noah Becker. Hi, Noah. Hello. Hey, Noah, Get a li- uh, let's try that again. I just want to see your levels, your sound uh, levels. That, that was my Canadian voice. I started That's out not, with a very Canadian you can t- Oh, talk closer. I did a Canadian hello. Uh, okay, nice. okay. I think we're, I think we're, I think we're rocking now. Let's try. It. Sorry, guys. Try it again. Hello. Check. Check. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh. That's weird. Oh wait, 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 uh-huh. wait. Okay, okay. Gotcha. There we go. There we go. All right. Okay. Good. We're good. Uh, you know. I'm still learning. It's only been two years, so we, right. you know we got to give me a break. Uh, I mean, the fact this is happening at all is amazing. So the thing about Noah Becker, there's a couple of things I want you to know about him. First of all, he's a multi multi hyphenate. He is an incredible painter. He has a facility to control and make the paintings he wants to make, and he has a lot of range in what he likes to make. Is that accurate? Um. I, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's how I described Noah's paintings, and he's not like he did, he's not like freaking out, going, "You don't get it." So we're, we're going to work with that. And then he's also a very, very accomplished uh, uh, jazz saxophonist, and he uh, also runs. He's the founding editor of this um, very, very interesting and very well-regarded magazine, Art World magazine, called White Hot Magazine. And he's written for, you know, our American interview, Huffington Post, blah, 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 blah. He, Lots of shit, man. Lots of shit. So the guy's smart. It's a little intimidating, frankly, because he knows a lot more than I do. And he's got the, the like, the, le- the, the vocabulary, the art vocabulary down. So I'm a little bit intimidated. I just want to put that out there, Noah. Are you, are you surprised to hear that? Or do you um, expect that? I, I don't really have any expectations at all. Oh, good. Yeah. We're fix, fixing this. Okay. Okay. Good. Noah has no expectations. So, great. We're going to sing child, you know, kids songs for the next hour. 
Right. Um, just kidding. So, um, but I, um, I want you to know, that, okay, so this is one of the things about Noah. I did an interview with Noah a couple of years ago, and this is the thing, and I was telling Noah before he was on, this is the thing that stuck in my mind the most about Noah. So I want you guys to know where I am coming from uh, thinking about Noah. Noah was brought up on this tiny, isolated island in uh, British in Canada, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Your house burned down, you moved, and all that. But I'm just saying, Noah is a very cosmopolitan guy, and yet he was brought up in this totally isolated environment. So that's fucking weird. Okay, I just want to say that. Wait, that's true, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any explanation for that? For what? Like how how you became so cosmopolitan after being brought up in such a, you know, being brought up in, you know, like a square, like four square acres, never going anywhere. No, I mean, I know, think isolated. maybe it was conditioning. Conditioning? Yeah. You mean nurture, not nature? Um, I just, um, um, well, I guess there's an aspect that isn't cosmopolitan, but still kind of island like, you know, hmm. not cosmopolitan. Hmm. Maybe, th- maybe that's. I hmm. guess I just did. It was. Um, I didn't want to put on cosmopolitan armor too much. Hmm. Which, well, you know. Although I went through a sort of that phase, but I, was, I wasn't living in New York at the time. Yeah, and how old were you when you left the island? You uh, went to Hunter. I was around, well, we had traveled a lot in the States. Oh, okay, right. What did your dad do? Uh, he was a businessman, that, mm-hmm. and they decided to drop out and move to the Gulf Islands right, of Canada. Right, right. They went from Cleveland to Thetis Island, British Columbia. But they took you on lots of trips. We would spend part of the time in Las Vegas and part of the time in Mexico. Oh, right. I'm remembering so, this now. See, Las Vegas, that's what, we're, that's what we're talking about. So I wasn't entirely isolated from my whole childhood. No, and you obviously are, you know, innately bright and curious, which can make anyone worldly uh-huh. and sophisticated if they follow that in the way that you have, for sure. So the reason we we are actually in the reason um I mean I'm I I'm thrilled to have you on and I would have booked you I mean it but what I would have booked you probably months ago but what occurred to me to invite you on was that I saw this and I was thrilled that you said yes but I saw this post on your Facebook page that said I was feeling slightly depressed earlier so I asked a friend for advice on this matter his reply was, cheer up, non-existence is right around the corner. So Noah got, you got 120 responses to this. And what what struck me about this as being unusual, actually, is that I'm, you know, I'm, I zero in when people say they're depressed or whatever. I notice those things. And I have to say, Noah, that you had an unusual outpouring of support, like lots of comments, lots of people. What do you, do you know what I'm do you, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Were you, Were you surprised by that? Mm, yeah, somewhat. Yeah. You were. Mm-hmm. Did 
did that affect you, how uh, the Facebook community responded? Did it affect you at all? Yeah. Now, if we go through the posts, which I did, we really don't get any real insight into what the issue was or anything like that. And um, you didn't really talk about it directly, I don't think. Do you, right? That's true? I think I was depressed for about an hour. An hour? But then I got a lot of messages wondering uh, if I was suicidal or wondering, you know, and it, it wasn't wasn't like that bad but how could people think that it says well they don't know they see something you say you're depressed they assume you're ready to jump off a bridge i was feeling slightly depressed earlier that is nowhere near suicidal means earlier which means when i posted it i was no longer feeling depressed okay so So then i hear from you you're a therapist you're are you a registered no no but i heard from you because that's your area of well you know, when somebody's depressed, I have to find out about it. Right. Um, by the way, I just want to start off. Well, let's 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 chew on that a little bit because I want to do a station. I just want to remind people and say thank you for listening to uh, Radio Free Brooklyn and Doctor Lisa gives a shit. That's this show, and uh, we have over seventy shows on this station. We have everything. We've got politics. We've got talk we've got comedy we've got music everything from rap to jazz to you name it stripping music probably we do we have any stripping shows we need some stripper anybody want to do a stripping show get in touch with us so anyway um and we have a call-in number Uh, a lot of people out there might be interested noah is extremely well versed on art the art world culture in general so if you have any questions and you want to call in please do we're at 718-928-9732 we're getting a call right now okay now we're really going to test my skills do it how do you do hello hello hi can you hear me uh I got, just got this phone, so yeah, I can hear you, but I don't know how to use it. <laughs> I think we can hear him. Can you hear? Who is it? My name is Frank Sisney. Oh, hey, Bernick? Bernick. What's your name? Say it again. Come on. F-R-A-N-K, Frank. Oh, Frank. Frank. Right. Did you hear this? I'm, I'm a friend of Noah's on his uh Site. He's a friend of mine on on my Facebook site. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. I watch him. I watch him very closely. He, he White Hot Magazine is really hot. I it like is. It. So you're no Becca fan. I'm sorry. Are you a Noah Becca fan? Well, I'm a Noah Becca fan. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you located? I'm in. But uh, right now I'm in Oklahoma City. Oh, great. Oh, nice. Cool. So, Noah, is this person's name ringing a bell? Yeah. Oh, has it somebody you've met IRL? No. Oh, okay. We're, I'm, I'm kind of like a, a goddess side of Noah. Oh, that's sweet. Right. So but anyway... I, I wanted to touch base. I'm glad that I got to hear this this conversation. Oh. Okay. So you're going to be listening? I'm sorry? So you're going to be listening today. Yeah. Okay, That's great. Good. good to know. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later then, I guess. Thank okay. you, Okay. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling. Bye. Oklahoma City. 
Oh, that guy just, he wants, Frank wants us I to know. No hey, idea. Frank. Well, I had no idea he was from Oklahoma City. Oh, really? Well, I would have been in Oklahoma City. I'm living in uh, Santa Monica. So I, I couldn't have traveled back and forth. Okay. All right. Well, nice talking okay, to you. Okay, we're going to say goodbye because I got to talk to Noah. Goodbye. That's the show. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I drop, well, anyway, thanks Thanks for listening, Frank. Thanks for tuning in. You have an impression of him? from. Well, he's a Facebook friend of mine. He comments on things, and but I've never talked to him, so it was nice to hear from him. Yeah, he's thinking about you. It's kind of yeah. sweet, right? So um, I wanted to talk, talk, so, okay, vulnerability. You know, that's what I'm always after. I'm after everybody's vulnerability. So you're not somebody who I see as presenting a lot of vulnerability. Well, isn't that what that post you were asking about is? Exactly. And now I want to know what's behind it because the post um, is a kind of, I'm just, I'm just going to say this. Okay. This is my stupid opinion. I don't know anything. For people tuning in or no. No, I mean, I read it before. It says, I was feeling slightly depressed earlier. So I, and it, I mean, it's very clever. I re- asked a friend for his advice, cheer up non-existence is around the corner. Okay, so it's a clever post. And, it, but it, it isn't fully on, it's, it's hinting at vulnerability, but it's not directly saying I'm depressed, something's wrong. It's saying that you felt, and then w- so uh, and now that we're even talking about it, it seems, you know, um, I'm gonna get myself in trouble here. Uh, what were you depressed about, or what was on your I mind? Let's just say I that I think it was just a, you know the stress of living in New York and having to, you know, deal with the logistics of of Wait, things. Really deal with to- the logistics of things living in New York, and uh, you know, um, it's a hard place to live. And sometimes it can get to you. Right, right. And a lot of the people, you know, uh, I was certain that maybe maybe, maybe that people who were reading it also, you know, had moments where the city kind of got to them. I, I th- see, this is, how, this is my projection on it, that I think people here do get depressed a lot, but that they put on their armor because we're all so success-oriented that if we're afraid if we show vulnerability, right. we're not going to be taken seriously or something. Well, I think the New York Times, or I read in the New York Times, they, they were calling Facebook success theater. <laughs> That's so well put. So, so it's like, um, you know, everybody kind of shows their best moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then goes on with whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They're not really talking about, you know, uh, although I heard that the most popular Facebook status is FML. Fuck my life. Yeah. Hmm. That doesn't, doesn't, it's not really sharing anything with anybody. Right. Well, this is what I'm, I'm sort of um, harping on right now with you, actually, is because, like, on one hand, there is this sense that you had a, a blip of something wrong, but there's no, so in other words, like, I mean, you know, I mean, when I go the other way and I start thinking about people who like put out all the details of some disaster in their life, well, that's not really appropriate. I don't really necessarily want to hear about that, but I do want to hear about your, can we talk about your vulnerability just directly? Can we just do that without 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you get you, there is no fucking way that somebody as smart and creative as you does not have periods of depression. Am I right about that? Yeah, I have periods of depression, but it's not anything. It's not really anything I, I need to like medicate. No, no, of course I'm not. I'm just trying to make you uh-huh. this a human thing, right. right? So when you, I just want to get a sense of what it is that that gets to you like you say living in new york what's just be a little specific i want to know is it friends Uh, is it people your work it's um the art world in new york is is intense and uh i'm also involved in the jazz scene in new york Mm -hmm. and um i'm i'm dealing with a lot of different writers in the in the art publishing stuff Mm-hmm. I, you know, the art and the art publishing is all kind of one thing. I don't see, you know, it's it's sure. all part of it's all part of. You know, I don't. So. So yeah, I mean, I'm an artist that plays the saxophone. Right, right. So does um like what frustrates you? The lack of time, or do the people that you're dealing with sometimes? Or well, I think everybody's rushing to sort of accomplish things and i think in the scheme of things uh people kind of lose track of um what the object is what's important you mean or yeah or even like if they're from out of town why they came here or what they felt felt like they wanted to to be in the scheme of things because you know new york is like the world so to speak so you know it, it gets uh it gets intense yeah because um if you're really involved it gets intense yeah otherwise go go to uh a remote place and meditate exactly so does does your art is that really like when you're do you do you feel like um that's kind of like what's always i mean i think a lot of people turn to the work to like create their own, own emotional stability well i wouldn't say that i make art as therapy no Uh, i don't pour my soul out when i'm feeling blue although you know it that does transfer into that that hap that does that will happen Mm -hmm. well i think the actual act of making anything is rewarding in itself so i think you can be you know, it doesn't you don't necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to cheer you up if you're down. It's just that it keeps. I mean, for me, it's almost like it keeps me emotionally stable because at least mm. I can keep doing. This. Well, you were you were talking about my friend Michael Anderson earlier, the, mm-hmm. collage, the collage artist mm-hmm. who's fabulous, yeah, and a lovely, lovely human being, right. kind. Well, sweet. he he brought me over to Ornette Coleman's house. Wow, how did he know how to do that? Well, he's he was friends with Ornette for really? seven or eight years. Wow. So it was. He was just friends with him. So I had asked Arnett different questions about art and music and this kind of stuff. And, and Arnett was really into visual art. Mm-hmm. I mean, really into music. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I said, "Why make art <laughs> to him? You know, mm-hmm. or why why make sound?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "It's not why." It's can you. So interesting. It's not why can you. It's can you. 
You mean if you can? So I think that, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he was exactly thinking what I was thinking about the way he responded to that. But uh, later on in my own way, I've kind of thought about it. And, and you know, there, um, I think all of the technology that people are dealing with, the smartphones and the digital cameras mm-hmm. and the internet and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff, I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful to hear from a lot. Uh, a lot of people and there's people that are younger than I am that are coming into the world not knowing any other kind of reality other than this sort of hyper communication virtual sort of thing absolutely um, so I'm aware of that but I think it gives people the illusion that more people are doing something interesting <laughs> And That's I'm not well trying put. to be a snob, but I am kind of being a snob, but I'm just like, it's not up to me, is what I'm saying. I'm saying like, I think history will siphon out the good and the bad, but I think people are under the impression that there are more um, geniuses than there are. Well, There's probably know. only 10 or 15 real serious geniuses in an era, depending yeah. on what field, I mean, you know. I think it's an excellent point, and, and also I'm really glad to hear you say that because... If I can keep my headphones on, I'll be one of them. Yeah, if you, you know, there's no, we have no rules here, <laughs> except you can't pour water on the right. board, that's all. Right. Uh, but the thing is, is that uh, I think it's also really good hearing that from you because you're somebody that has a pretty big, I mean, you personally have a big view of, broad view of the art world, but you're also in touch with all the writers and people that... Mm-hmm work on white hot and other things right. so you have a very very broad view well, also a lot of people are in touch with me as well like i you know i don't wake up in the morning like trying to contact a bunch of people no no i, I mean i could i didn't i didn't no i'm just saying like um a lot of people reach out to me i would imagine and um what 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 do they want from you do you think mm, well i i have helped people Mm-hmm. I was able to do what I do anyway, even before I started a magazine. I just mm-hmm. had a natural talent for connecting mm-hmm. person A with person B, mm-hmm. who then connected them with these people. And, and I was always very good at taking someone and pointing them in a direction that would make them successful or famous or rich or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I became very frustrated that I couldn't do it for myself. <laughs> hmm, that's so interesting. So my solution to that was to do some publishing that included me and other people, and we were all tied together into um, a certain platform or magazine or piece of writing or whatever it is. But then it, you know, you don't expect something to actually become a magazine, right? In mid nervous breakdown. So, so, uh, in mid nervous breakdown. Yeah, I was kind of in mid nervous breakdown. What is that? What is that about? Well, I became fed up because I was ambitious and I wanted to really do something. I didn't want to do something. Um, I wanted to really do something. I didn't want to do something casually. Mm -hmm. I wanted to really do something. Mm -hmm. And I, I, didn't see, at least in 2005, at the, around the time that I started doing art publishing, 
I didn't see that um, I would be able to be what I wanted to be on my current trajectory. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went a little bit crazy. And um, out of that craziness, I came up with the idea of of publishing a magazine. Hmm. And then for some reason, it was in in the right timing where um, print publishing and digital publishing Digital publishing was starting to become more popular with art than um, print publishing. You know, 2005, mm-hmm. before Facebook, seems like a million years ago, but it was before all of that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, is part of what you were looking for was kind of creating a community? Yeah, I mean, I had a kind of a, a rough idea of of what it would be like mm-hmm. and what was your what was kind of your i mean you said you didn't you were frustrated you weren't happy or you weren't satisfied with the, what was happening and that was part of your motivation so what was what were you looking for well i felt like there the the um i felt like artists had um limited um places where they could be published or promoted. Mm-hmm. There were some major art magazines. Mm-hmm. And there, weren't, there were no online art magazines at that time. There were things that published about art online right. at the time. I guess Artnet had a magazine section, but it was kind of right. a section within, section within a website. Right. And... Um, Art Forum had their site, but it was, you know, mostly art paparazzi kind of. Right. Kind of. Um, yeah. Art openings. Yeah. Yeah. And that was interesting, but if if you wanted to uh, read a magazine, you, you had to buy a print, an art print magazine. Right. To have discourse, you're talking yeah, there about. Was, yeah, there was no yeah. art magazine on the web. Right. So I thought, oh, well, it'd be interesting if I could make one. But it was a bit more. It was more of an ambitious Huge. project. It ended up so far being like a eleven years. It's amazing. And many, many, many different um, partnerships and parties and yeah. launch festivals and and oh. also I've seen a lot of the people that I've published about become known or I've got you know I always sure. I get calls from people and they're like oh thanks for publishing me I I got. Two million dollar commission and a oh, big wow. gallery, and I'm rich and famous now, and it's all because of you. Pat on the back, like please. Did you say, "Well, where's hang my up fee?" And try your call again. <laughs> where's my fee? Right. Or no, but th- that is no. so. That is really cool. You 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 kind of built you built a piece of. It's almost like you built a piece of real estate in the art world landscape. I mean, that was the idea, but yeah. but actually you, making that happen. Um, took a little bit of like catching a paradigm shift in mm-hmm. reality mm-hmm. and being tuned being perceptive being tuned into like, it like i'm not sure i'd be able i would be able to do it again although i would probably be able to do it again but i'm not sure it's it's not something there's a lot to it i think it's fairly incomprehensible to most people i think most people probably would never even attempt something like that right well, um, I think it's uh, 3,500 articles. It's like 3 million words now. 
Wow. Something like that. 300 wow. writers. But you've had so many uh, life experiences also, right? Isn't it like totally enriching? Like beyond, beyond well, that? Well, yeah. I've met a lot of people I wouldn't, wouldn't know. Yeah, and you travel. I travel. Yeah. So anyway, you know what? I want to do another station ID, and then I want to have some. I want to ask you a few art world questions that I okay. I have in mind that I want to find out from you. What you? I want your opinion on a few things. Okay. Uh, right. And I also want to remind people I'm going to do the station ID, and, and I'm going to start asking questions. And if you have some questions you want to ask. Noah Becker of White Hot Magazine, you are welcome to call in at 718-928-9732, except for Frank. You already got your <laughs> call. So anyway, thanks again for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Dr. Lisa here with Noah Becker. Um, Dr. Lisa gives a shit. And I invite you to go to our website, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, and uh Give us a couple of bucks because now's the time we need help. You know, this is a nonprofit. We run on a shoestring. We, you know, we, this is, we need help. We send need the all money. the help we can get. Absolutely. Send, send the money. And while you're sending the money, send me money too. Yeah. And, and definitely support uh, the White Hot magazine. But give us the money first. First, give them money. Then yeah, give, give me us money. money because Noah's thing is like really high class. No, you don't need to send me money. Only we if don't? you want. Uh, Only if you want to. Or I mean, I'll just give it to you right here. How's okay. that? All right. So anyway, you know, one of the things that okay, so this is me personally. This is bugging me. I'm starting to feel like this pressure to move to L.A. What do you think about the L.A. art scene? Have you been out there? What's your opinion? Um, in what way? Uh, like career-wise, uh, growth, meaning like new work-wise, you know, is the work out there better? Are there more opportunities, more interesting, more un- more 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 true avant-garde? Well, you know, I have um, I have uh, people in LA that I work with. I have an LA editor. Oh yeah, in the past that decade, Shannonese Dambrot, mm-hmm. who's great, and uh, there's a number of other people in mm-hmm. LA that I know. And I have relatives in L.A., but um, it's very spread out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a topographical map of Manhattan mm-hmm. and um, um, a topographical map of L.A. Mm-hmm. and their art scenes. Mm-hmm. And there were dot. they put the dots for where the galleries are. Mm-hmm. And L.A. was like dot, 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 and then space, and then some more dots down here and like, you know, very spread, spread very spread out. Right. Um, and New York was very like clusters of galleries in the mm-hmm. same area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, LA is a lot warmer. <laughs> well, this was. Win- this winter isn't, isn't any indication. No, but, but um, do you think that there are more, oppor- you know, you know what I'm asking, Noah. Yeah. Are there opportunities there? Is there more interesting work being done there? I well, often feel that because of the cash needed to do stuff in New York, that a lot of the work has gotten very conservative. And I'm not the first mm-hmm. person to say that by any means. So you know what I mean? Well, some of the same... I mean, the galleries in L.A. end up at Freeze Art Fair mm-hmm. or Art Basel. Mm-hmm. Depends on what level of what level of art world, you know, because the, the really uh, mega galleries... 
they all end up at Art Basel or they end up at Freeze or something and logistics get kind of scrambled. Right. Okay. So if, let's As far as the like yeah, what's I mean, happening on the gra- ear to the yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I have what... uh, there's a gallery that I've um that I have a few uh pieces in um called Wilding Cran mm-hmm. in LA. Mm-hmm. And um I'm having a show in LA. Oh, great. At Castelli Art Space. Oh, wow. By um is by Leo? I mean, was it his No, it's he's a, dead, right? It's yeah. Yeah, he's been no, dead a while. There's um an artist by the name of Will Ray. Uh-huh. That I recently interviewed. He used to be a Mad Magazine illustrator and he, oh, he cool. was one of the people that created Ren and Stimpy or oh, Ren wow. and Stimpy and uh and Mad Magazine. And uh he's curating a show. Oh nice. And then uh Shepherd Ferry is also gonna be in it. The Obey John. Oh yeah, yeah. And, he's great. I've interviewed him myself. Yeah. So that'll be exciting. That's in no- November. That is. And then I'm showing at Art Toronto, so I'm going to go to Toronto at the end oh, of October. Cool. Um, so you're showing, I mean, you I've know. Been you're bouncing around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, and I'm showing in New Jersey as well, November. Oh, March. where? Um, I, I have to. You'll let talk. us know. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, the uh, what I was gonna say is like um, your latest is that your latest but okay so I posted all this stuff about Noah on my Facebook page so you could go check it out and is your latest body of work those really colorful paintings I was asking about before that have a collage sort of feeling yeah. to them is that your is that what you're That's working the on now work, yeah and what what can you uh, explain that or say mm. say something about is there anything you can tell us about that work well or? it's on. It's on a field of Benday dots, which are kind of like um, similar to what uh, Roy Lichtenstein and Warhol and those kind of guys had elements of that in their work. Um, so it's a, just kind of like a field for imagery to kind of happen on. Mm-hmm. Are they how planned out are they before you? Um, the p- compositions are fabulous. Oh, That's why I'm asking. Yeah, they're somewhat planned out. Mm hmm. Maybe more planned out than some things that I've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the body of work you did before that that I'm aware of was very much more, um, I'm going to say somber and realistic. What was it? I'm thinking of, you know, the portraits you were doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, was that the latest body of work before this, or have I was, missed one? Yeah, no, I think that I'm was... following your I career, that huh? was the... Got <laughs> your work down. Good job, Lisa. I think Lisa. that was, yeah. I think that was the uh, that was the the series before that. Well, I have to say they mm-hmm. have completely different emotions. The other ones have a very mm-hmm. uh, profound and um, very serious and very um, I don't want to say stern, but just very serious. Uh-huh. And these are like the opposite of that. Well, though. I wanted to use a little bit more uh, bright color in these. But also, they're just a little more. They move more, you know. They're they're uh-huh. like they're they're lighter and brighter. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that is that part of how you're feeling, well, or think, what happened there? I think what ends up happening is when you're when you're happier, mm-hmm. you make more um, dark work. Interesting. And when you're less happy, I wouldn't say I'm like miserable or depressed right, by any right, means, but. Right. I think maybe uh, 
like you the making the paintings cheers you up if you use bright colors huh whereas when if you're already like really cheerful somber paintings mm-hmm. are kind of th- therapeutic well i guess it's like and you know it's all instincts anyway i don't mm-hmm. think like those kinds of choices are all i mean they're not that conscious are they for you what you know you you make what you are moved yeah to make. i yeah. mean <laughs> yeah but that makes sense but what I was going to say is also, I think, you know, like you hear actors, well, I just did a a drama, a very serious drama, so now I want to do a comedy. I think mm. there's some of that, too, isn't there? Is there? Maybe a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I know some actors, so I, I'll have to ask them. Yeah, you ask them. Let me know. Um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, which I'm really curious about, is uh, this controversy now, which is really fascinating to me at the Guggenheim, and um, you, you, you can probably describe it better than, than I can in, in fact, but I'm just going to put it out there really uh, quickly for the people who don't follow this crap. So the Guggenheim Museum is doing this uh, survey of Chinese work um, from a certain period. What's the period? Do you know? I, to be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to go up to the Guggenheim and see the show, and, and, and they already pulled the controversial work before I had a chance to go up and see the show. Well, yeah, but a- anyway, it's supposed to be about, you know, like Chinese culture, contemporary Chinese culture, and it's very intense. And, you know, living in China is not like for soft people. It's a very, you know, it's got to be very, very extreme. And they had three pieces that uh, animals rights activists and other humans uh, said they made them take out. One is a video of two uh, pit bulls on um, being, you know, facing each other, but being strapped to treadmills so that they can't attack each other until they're, ex- but they're exhausted and being sort of, you know, emotionally tortured by not being able to attack each other for hours on end. Uh, there was a video or maybe a, just a photograph, maybe, no, a video of two tattooed pigs fucking. And it was tattooed in like Chinese characters, sort of in an intellectual way. So it was sort of like the visceral fucking with the intellectual character, you know, the intellectual writing. And, and I mean, tattooed all over those, bo- those, those pig bodies. And then the other one, which I actually thought they should have left, which was some kind of enclosure where they put all different species of reptiles and bugs that wound up eating each other and fighting. So I thought that was, um, so what's, what's your feeling? And, and also, I don't, I don't want to digress, but you wrote a really funny article about it titled, this is really funny, you wrote this, right? The Perhaps. Guggenheim Museum, Dogs on Treadmills. Green Energy Plan announced, and it was a really funny article about how um, the the Guggenheim is, you know, uh, uh, harnessing all the energy from the dogs on the treadmills to fuel the 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 Guggenheim, the you know, the facility of the Guggenheim. But which is very funny, really, very very funny. But uh, so, what's your thoughts on all that? Um, a little bit of satire here and there is not not a huge. No, I mean it. Thing. But what's your thoughts on the censoring and them taking the, um, you know, taking out those exhibits? Well, I, I didn't see the show, so I can't comment on mm-hmm. on on to what level the the animal cruelty 
mm-hmm. if there was any, could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as art being censored by public opinion, mm-hmm. I think that there's there's issue pro- have problems with that. Mm-hmm. With um, you know that kind of, I mean, it's not it's the Guggenheim Museum. It's not American Idol, right? You know, I realize <laughs> people want to put in their vote and protest and and it's probably for the right reasons because I think using animals in art is, is um, especially in that way can be kind of a problematic thing. I mean, there was something at the Vancouver Art Gallery with where they had a like a bug hotel and people made a fuss about about insects being used in art. Mm-hmm. And I think that was also... I don't remember if it was the same artist, but it was another another Chinese artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was an artist that was showing at David's Warner that had like this wall of what looked like deer that mm-hmm. had been like incinerated, but I'm not sure if it was real deer. Mm-hmm. So I can't, can't uh, accuse mm-hmm. them of anything. But um, I don't think public, I don't think the public at large has... Um, control over what artists do or don't do mm-hmm. so you don't think that it should have been censored or you think that it's hurting our culture by the guggenheim it just seemed really quick so fast that i didn't even have a chance to see the show mm-hmm. and so you don't think it was thought out well it was a protest and they responded to the protest mm-hmm. what do you what's your thoughts on animals being used in art where where they're being like hurt or something? What's well, I had a turkey sandwich for lunch. Mm-hmm. But you didn't hurt the turkey. Um, the turkey was ideally killed humanely. I mean, what if I danced around the turkey sandwich and turned it into performance art? Would it be wrong then? No, because it was just uh, cruelty and and putting something through cruelty uh, cruelty and agony is is not good. But I don't stand for that. I don't stand behind that at you, all. You also, um, the thing is also, I mean, people will... But I think a lot of people just protest from their armchair and then go back to their Game of Thrones, watching Game of Thrones. I think you're right about that. They don't that. have enough information to even know whether they're protest. They just see 10,000 people saying, hey, take that off the wall. And, you know, no, I, I think- don't have enough information to say whether the dogs were run to exhaustion and then, like, turned into like pit bull steaks mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I think it's a really good point. I mean, what you're, what you're saying in a way, I think is that there wasn't any real public dialogue, that there were only reactions. Is that kind of what your point? Well, to some degree, I just think it's a troubling situation. If you're going to allow the public to decide what's hung in a museum via mm-hmm. the internet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't disagree. They said that there were, like, death threats. They were afraid of violence. Yeah, well, a friend of mine sent, uh, sent me a thing about a guy, an artist in the 80s in Vancouver who threatened to kill Sniffy the mouse mm-hmm. as an art thing. And this huge mob of people attacked, you know, ran after him down the street and threatened to kill him. And, you know, so it's an ongoing thing. I've heard of a lot of these kinds, these controversies and... But yeah, I don't stand behind animal cruelty as art. Not at all. Um, so you're not... A but g- I can't say whether it was animal cruelty or not because I, they took it down so quick that I didn't even have a chance to see the show. Okay, right? so just, just 
just so just to like hear your point of view so let's yeah. let's say you saw it and you assumed it and you found it to be animal cruelty then do you think it should be taken out i i don't think animal cruelty is good whether it's art or factory farming mm-hmm. or any or people abusing their pets or whatever it is but it's, <laughs> i don't see it i don't really see a good side to that but but where do you draw the line between animal cruelty and eating your turkey sandwich? Well, that's the question. Ah. I mean, I think definitely factory farming is cruelty to animals. Uh-huh. Yet, the same people that eat their turkey sandwich or have their T-bone steak will call cruelty for putting a dog on a treadmill. Right. Yet, they'll, you know... Entrap animals in factory farms right. and enjoy the meat produced by the, you know. Some. Right. So basically, humanity hasn't really dealt with this very directly, have they? There's there's hypoc there's just built in hypocrisy there that 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 makes me think that um, it's problematic. Mm. You know what? You hear, here's my opinion. Since I since I since I'm going to put it out there. Uh, um, I felt that, well, first of all, I think, you know, it's kind of like, it, I, I think human cruelty is really widespread. And I think that this is a way of sort of, you know, I'm not, I'm not promoting it. I'm not saying it's good, but it's sort of like a way of talking about human cruelty, using animals and making people aware of it in a certain way, because, uh, it's just like we ex- it's like experimenting on animals because we can yeah i, I that's mean more that's acceptable. not that's not a that, i'm not an expert on that discussion i kind of already said my piece about that mm-hmm. and i think you get my yeah. you get the premise yeah. of what i was saying yeah what what i would like to um you know i mean well, we don't have to get into a political discussion but it just you know um just because a whole bunch of people think it's the right thing to do doesn't mean it's necessarily the right thing to do. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I, just, I was just going to say that the one thing is, is that I thought there was a distinction between the animals on the treadmill and the pigs that were tattooed and then the, the enclosure with the animals eating each other because mm. there, was a, there was very, very direct human unnatural they, the humans intervene unnaturally with the dogs and the tattooing of the pigs, well, stuff like that. Vim, Vim Delvoy did tattooed pigs. I didn't see anybody complaining about that. Well, I don't think that's very nice. Why? I mean, why just protest the Chinese artists? Well, yeah, I mean, peop, well, this is the whole thing. No one's really looking at it. I mean, we're we're we're. We're we're saying it. I think we're saying the same thing in that there's not enough dialogue. I don't, I don't and think we, using pit bulls as actors in your in your art is any less repugnant than the guy that did the bum fights videos and and paid homeless people to beat each other up or whatever it is. Yeah, that's you know, pretty gross like, too. Yeah, yeah that's just gross. Like, you know, li- leave living things that don't have a choice in the matter alone. No, it's gross. And uh, how do we, you know, it's human, 
it's human cruelty. How but do you on another approach le- that? But in then art? on another level, I'm supportive of art resonating. But I also don't like the post um, resonance of like, oh well, you know, it created a furor, so it's doing its job. Right. It, it opened up the conversation. You know, it created a conversation through doing exactly what the conversation is trying to fight against. Right. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Kind of like, I know. It creates some awareness, but I also think there's so much going on in the art world today and in other areas where people are really just trying right. to get attention, right? And well, where does it's just, that... If you, say, if you just call it the art world, that's fine. But, I mean, it, it kind of transcends the art world when you're, you're dealing with those kinds of issues. It's just yeah. it's the human world. The human world, I think that people historically, maybe not so much anymore, have looked to the art world as a way to address, you know, the trials and tribulation. Whoa. Uh-oh. This is like New Year's Eve. Soda. Soda. Didn't get any. So anyway, uh, the trials and tribulations of humanity. I mean, I think art is a metaphor, right, for talking about human nature a lot, too. I mean, that's what's going on here, I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch subjects because we only have 10 minutes right. left and I really want to hear the okay. story about how you were in an art show with Keith Richards' daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to hear about this. Oh. You wouldn't tell me. I asked you about it. Listen, folks. Uh, Noah wouldn't tell me about it when I asked him before the show started. Right. He said, we'll talk about it on the air. So I sa- he saved this for you. Go ahead. Well, there, there was a, a curator... Um, who goes as New York at New York Romantic on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, very low-key curator. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it somebody I might have met or known? Hard to say. Okay. In any case, um, he organized a group show, and she was in the group show. Keith Richards' daughter. Yeah. And what's her name? Theodora. Theodora. Richards. Yeah, she was involved in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I met her at the art show, and we we showed together. Oh, so nice! Yeah. So how old is she? I'm not sure, but young twenties. Not very old, probably. Yeah. yeah. And what was her art like? Drawings, nice mm-hmm. drawings. What was what what kind of feeling? There were some nudes in them, and there were some forest, you know, like landscapes. Hmm. And yeah. did you did you think she, you thought she was talented? Yeah, she's talented. Yeah, I mean, she comes from a talented uh, <laughs> family. Family, yeah. And she has training. And she's a pretty serious artist. Yeah. And was she like totally gorgeous? Pretty well, yeah. Yeah, but like did she look like really, a model? She is a model. Oh, she is a model. Yeah. I should suppose that sounds familiar. I yeah, that if you right. if you look her up, she is a model. She's a model. But yeah, I, I liked her a lot. I thought mm-hmm. she was very nice. Hmm. And uh, is she, like, friendly or shy? Or? Very, uh, very friendly and, and down-to-earth, very friendly. Very down-to-earth, yeah. because she is... Now, there's a person who's probably really worldly, right? Yeah, I mean, she was taking off... I said, what are you... She's taking off to... Or, I mean, she's touring around Europe with her father's band now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does she perform as well? No, I think she just goes on tour with them. Oh, like, hangs out with Dad. Yeah, just just hangs out yeah i think do you do you think her life is pretty stable 
I mean, in the sense that I think her father, once he, he's been off of drugs for how long now? Well, I'm not a Keith Richards historian, but um, like seems like he's doing pretty well. Yeah, like 20, 30 years. Maybe. He seems really, you know what I think a big turning point uh, as far as the general public's impression of Keith Richards is, is, uh, is uh, when he put out that, that uh, m- memoir, because it was right. so beautifully written and so right. thoughtful, and I think people thought about him differently well, I, after that. I know his manager. Oh. And she was responsible for getting that book off the ground. That's a great book. And, um, yeah. Yeah, really. I think it was an excellent idea, and, and I, think I, re- I think I remember reading it. Yeah, a lot of insight in there. There was a Bob Dylan autobiography that was pretty good, too. Yeah, I didn't. Lo- I don't know. There was one Chronicles. I did mm-hmm. not love that. Did not love that. Okay, but you know, that's I like just Miles Davis. Of course, Miles Davis. Yeah, I haven't read that one. I haven't great. read that one. So, okay, seven minutes left. Do you have any art shows that you've seen uh, in New York? Well, I'm going. I'm going to some shows tonight. I'm meeting up with uh, Spencer Tunick. Oh, nice. We love Spencer so yeah. much. Spencer has become a really He's close a, friend. He's a wonderful, him and his whole family, yeah. well, his wife, his kids, they're great. Uh, so I'm meeting with Spencer, oh. and we're going to some openings later tonight. Oh. So that'll be fun. Oh, nice. Um, but I haven't really, I've been out a little bit. I haven't gone to, to like a ton of Right, shows. because you also decided a couple of weeks ago I, I, uh, to buy a coffee maker instead <laughs> of going to art openings. Well, that particular night, I, I felt like buying a coffee maker. You, you know, I got to tell you something. When I came home from art openings that night, I was so annoyed with the crap I saw. Well, it's not, you know, uh, it just becomes like kind of everybody's back in town and, and and most of the people there may be like, like going to art school or want to be seen or whatever it is. And... Uh, yeah, I think I picked I mean, the I, wrong. I end night. up catching up with anybody, ev- any with everybody anyway. Right, right. Eventually, right. it's like, oh, you know, and then you run into people, just kind of forcing mm-hmm. the issue and being out there mm-hmm. and kind of mm-hmm. taking selfies with everybody. I, end I know. Up taking, I mean, I'm guilt. I end up taking a lot of selfies with celebrities, but only if I know them. Right. I don't. Right. Technic- I don't generally photograph celebrities for the sake right. of. Although you do have that fucking awesome blog, which we haven't mentioned. What? Uh, what is it? Blog? People with, or whatever it is, vlog, the, the picture collection. It's an Instagram, I guess, of it? stranger. What is it? People with um, Chuck Close. I think that's a Facebook page. That's not a blog. Oh, all right. So, but that's a Facebook Ra- page. No, it's called that's random, random People with, with Chuck Close. That's yours, right? It is mine. It's yeah. hilarious. Well, it's kind of. It's on Facebook. It's called Random People with Chuck Close. And then there's also the White Hot Magazine Facebook page and group. Mm-hmm. I'm giving a little shameless plug now. Please do. Also my own Instagram, Noah Becker, at Noah Becker Studio. Mm-hmm. Where's the best way for people to see your paintings, your work? Um, is, it your, is it your Facebook page or is it your You mean if webs- they want to see it online? Yeah. Yeah. They can go to at Noah Becker Studio on Instagram mm-hmm. and see my paintings on mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then that'll lead them to my website, and uh, also googling me stuff comes up if you Google me. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, you've written for a lot of, you've been involved in a lot of I things. wrote for The Guardian recently. That was Oh, really? What did you write for I them? I wrote about Cindy Sherman's Instagram. <gasps> wow, what did you say? Well, first of all, that's a bit of pressure writing about Cindy Sherman's Instagram. Oh, my God, yeah. Secondly, for The Guardian, it's a little bit of extra pressure. Right, yes. Because it's highly public. Sure. It's like the fourth or fifth most read newspaper in the world with 42.5 million readers. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, but, you know, when you're in those scenarios, mm-hmm. you just have to kind of go with it. So what was your feeling about it? What did you write? What was your opinion? Um, uh, I can't remember exactly what I wrote word <laughs> for word, but I asked a few different people for their for their um, comments. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, you know, it was kind of a, about the the mystery surrounding whether she was making work that was for showing in a Mm. physical space or just making Instagram work as Instagram work. Mm -hmm. And what, what what was, or if Instagram is art. Right. You know, right. That kind of stuff. Or maybe comparing the quality of her Instagram to the quality of the work that you see in galleries and museums. IRL, right? Yeah. Did, Did you see a difference there? I mean, it's the same artist. You can tell it's the same artist. Yeah, I mean, I guess... You can tell it's Cindy Sherman if you follow her work. It's no question that it's Cindy Sherman. Oh, yeah. I guess what I wonder wonder about is if you put your... You know, it's like a way to put... Or at least how I see it is like, ah, put this... uh, I'm not sure if I'm committed to this. I'll put it on and, you know, make a picture out of it and post Mm -hmm. it somewhere. So it's like putting your B work out there, right? In a B minus, I mean... There's no way that uh, your work is going to resonate the way it would in in person. So by her putting work on there, it's sort of is it undermining her real her work and her IRL work? Well, I think that was part of the fuss because then she's, um, you know, um, is she compromising her reputation by engaging with Instagram? Mm-hmm. You know, for people who don't see any distinction, then it's not an issue. I can't imagine. How could you not see a distinction? Well, if you're 20 years old and Instagram was always there, Hmm. then it's just, it's kind of like the telephone or television or whatever. It's just kind of every day. I mean, you know. I guess it's a music. I'm of a generation that didn't have cell phones. And then cell phones came along and we got ourselves the giant cell phone. When we got out of prison, we were like Michael Douglas in Wall Street. You know we what? We got our giant cell phones given to us with our belongings. And, we, we only right? have 20 seconds <clears throat> left and that's a really good point. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a link to that Guardian article. and. 